Brother Myers, we love you. I can't say enough how much I appreciate your continued friendship through the years. Your consistency, your walk with God, the fact that you just haven't changed. You are you are today the same man. Your convictions are strong. Your love for the word of God is strong. Your love for a move of God is strong. And I'm telling you, that's what the church needs today. The word and the spirit is the balance that must be present in any apostolic church. And this man believes in both. And I am so honored that he's here tonight. I want him to come. I want him to take his liberty tonight. Amen. I'm looking. You got, got him a microphone. Got you a special mic. It's all keyed up and ready for you. And holy anointing flowing all over it. And it's, it's ready, my brother. We love you, Brother Myers. Thank you for making this sacrifice to be here with us this weekend. God bless you. Take your liberty. We love you. Praise God. Let's love the Lord everybody tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, let's love him together. I love you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You can be seated for just a few moments, and I concur with Brother Reagan. We have been friends for a long time. We've been good friends. We go way, way back. I was looking at those Reagan girls, and they were just little girls uh, when I first came through here preaching. Uh, and uh, look at the married families, and uh, we're so grateful, grateful to God to have been friends for this long. And Sister Reagan, uh, thank you for everything. And I'll, I'll be honest, it really does feel like family. And uh, I've preached in this pulpit more than any other pulpit with the exception of the own, my own pulpit that God has blessed us with. And so there's a long history here and I'm just glad to be back here. Amen. Feeling what we're feeling, looking at all the improvements, the good things that God has done. Through the years, aren't you happy to be part of the kingdom of God? Amen. I thought about this, Brother Riggin. We have cried together till we just had to stop and laugh. And then we have laughed until we just had to stop and cry. <laughs> we have had a wonderful, wonderful time. And when my end comes, I will look back and I will be able to say, Boy, we just rode the river together. We rode the river together. Amen. And I'm happy to be a part of these services. And uh, thank you. Thank you for all of the accommodations and the wonderful gift bag with all kinds of goodies in it. And it had cookies and it had mementos and it had more cookies. And I really enjoyed it. Amen. I'm not sure 
whose idea it was to put that first aid kit in there. But I hope that's not an omen. <laughs> but uh, good to see Brother Riley and Brother Burgess. And when they get done with us, we might need that first aid kit. <laughs> Looking forward to hearing them preach later on this week. I was thinking back. I've known them longer than I've known Brother Riggin. And uh, I met them long, 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 long time before I ever felt the call of God on my life. And uh, it, it went so, so far back. Brother Burgess and I both had hair and money, and we were good looking. <laughs> went back a long ways. Amen. I looked across this auditorium, and I saw Brother Character. And he and I go back even further than all of that. And uh, I was thinking... Thank God for the statute of limitations and the blood of Jesus, <laughs> and everything's all right. <laughs> we go way, way back. Good to see them and all these ministering brethren here uh, tonight. God bless you for coming out and celebrating with Brother and Sister Riggin. And I was thinking, what better way could we celebrate 25 years of being in the will of God and doing the work of God than just having an old-fashioned move of the Holy Ghost? That really is how we ought to commemorate 25 years of pastoral service to this church. And I'm going to tell you, it's a beautiful thing. Amen. I, I'm, I'm on this kick right now, and there is a threefold cord that is not easily broken. It is God, the man, and the local church. Don't monkey with that, or God is going to monkey with you. That is a beautiful thing when God calls a man to a city. It's God, the man, and the local church working together a threefold cord that's not easily broken. Praise God. If you don't believe that, see me after church, please. I'll disabuse you of those notions. Well, praise God. It got a little quiet, I hope. <laughs> Amen. I know this church has worked hard celebrating and working uh, behind the scenes. Let's all just take a deep breath, collective sigh, and say, let's just have a move of God tonight. See what God has in store moving on beyond these 25 years. Praise God. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I promise you, I'm not a long-winded preacher. I don't take a lot of time. Uh, I like to hurry, 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 hurry. That's just my nature. But uh, I, I don't intend to speak for a long time tonight. But the time is not important. What's important is the timing. Would you make me a promise tonight that if God finds you out in this service tonight, if he finds right where you are, would you just make a promise that I'm going to move with God tonight, whatever he has in store, whatever he's doing, where God finds me tonight, I'm, I'm just going to respond to it. I'm going to move with him. Would you stand with me tonight? Praise God. I, I really do want to see what God has in store for us tonight. Praise God. I believe God wants to help us. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hebrews chapter number 2. Hebrews chapter number 2. Verse number 1. Hebrews chapter number 2. And if I've forgotten anything, any protocol, forgive me. I'm just a little bit wound up. Uh... I'm at the stage in life where 
If I don't feel it, I'll just stay home. <laughs> but I just ever more feel this tonight. And I feel like it's for this local church that God would like to help us tonight. Hebrews chapter number 2, verse number 1. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. I think verse number four is connected with verse number one. There's some things I don't want to let slip. The signs, the wonders, diverse miracles, gifts of the Holy Ghost. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. I don't want anything to slip away from us. We've come too far, and there's not much further to go. I don't want to lose anything in this last little while. Lift your voice and let's love the Lord Jesus together one more time. Come on, let's ask God, drive this deep within my heart tonight. Drive it deep, deep, deep in my heart tonight. Provoke my memory that I never forget the things which I have heard. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Why don't we just clap our hands to Him? Hallelujah. Let's make a joyful noise to Him. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated here tonight. The memory is a tricky thing. If you've ever returned after long absence uh, to your childhood home, you probably were astonished by how humble that little abode was. I, I thought that I had grown up in a mansion until I went back there a few years ago with my children and I looked at that tiny little home that I grew up in. I remember as a child looking up at those tall, tall ceilings. They had to have been 20 or 30 feet tall. But when I went back, uh, it really wasn't that way at all because our memory is a tricky thing. Memories fade, then they flail, and then finally they fail. Amen. I, I was preaching about somebody the other night to our church, and 
uh, I'd known this person since I was eight or nine years old, and and as I was preaching, it it left me. I I could not remember the name that should have been so common to me, and uh, to this day I can't remember if his name was Fred or Alan or Glenn. And uh, I started getting worried that maybe there was some early onset Alzheimer's. And, and I, I called my sister and she didn't remember either, so I figured I was okay. Uh, but the memory, the memory is a tricky, it's a tricky thing. And uh, I occasioned across an article last night as I was reading. And uh, it was a, a, an article about the memory and how harmful the recent lockdowns and quarantines were on mental acuity and recall. And the title of the article, and maybe you can relate as I did, the title of the article was Brain Fog. How trauma, uncertainty, and isolation have affected our minds and memory. And I began to read the doctors as, as they were quoted in this article. And uh, one of them, a professor of cognitive neuroscience at the University of Westminster, uh, was talking about how that her phone is ringing and ringing with patients saying, listen doctor, I'm having trouble with my memory. It seems that there is a fog in my mind. I've, I've contracted COVID-19 and I've recovered, but there seems to be a lingering effect that my memory is really, really poor and I'm in this mental state of fog. But the doctors have pointed out that this is not viral related as much as it is environment related. One of the greatest dangers to our memory is an environment of sameness. An environment of sameness. Just a routine that never changes. Day in, day out. Week in, week out. Month in, month out. The scenery never changes. Just putting one foot in front of the other and there is no change at all. I want to tell you that describes the society that you and I are living in. Amen. They are just putting one foot in front of another until there is no hope. Until there is no memory. Amen. Of what things could be like. They can't lift up their eyes and look down the road to a brighter day because they can't remember what peace was like. They can't remember what happiness was like. They just stand around looking at their broken dreams. As one author put it, cynicism is the smoke that rises from the ashes of burned out dreams. And we're living in a society of cynics that can see no hope. I read this the other day that they looked at Google searches over the year 2020 and there was a surge of searches for the word hope and the word prayer. It was exponentially exploded. People wondering, where is hope? Where? What? What is prayer? How, is there anything real in our world? anymore and I've just come to preach to us for a little while that our society is sick and tired of the sameness the sameness of religion promising but never fulfilling telling that they can be free but never finding that free 
God, can you get me as much going in here as you can? Praise God. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you that time and circumstance, it erodes our memories. Time and circumstance erodes our memories. In his grief, Job said, And surely the mountains falling cometh to naught, and the rock is removed out of his place. The waters wear the stones. Thou washest away the things which grow out of the dust of the earth, and thou destroyest the hope of man. We realize that Job said this in his haste while his life was consumed with grief. But he noted how that just life was eroding away. Hope was eroding away out of his life. Amen. If we're not careful, we will allow time and circumstance to erode away the things that God has given. Amen. We will forget. Amen. We go to our text tonight in Hebrews, the second chapter. Amen. Most assuredly, this was the aged apostle Paul writing to us. Amen. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. We need to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard because we are human. Amen. Amen. We have those human tendencies and frailties to let things slip. Time and again, the apostles of our Lord Jesus warned us against a failing memory. Hebrews 10 and 32, but call to remembrance the former days. 2 Peter 1 and 12, wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them. He said, though ye know them, because the apostle Peter was getting a little older and he realized, I knew some things, but now I've gotten older and some things have slipped and I've forgotten and the recall isn't there he said I'm not going to be negligent but I am going to put you in remembrance of those things praise God amen Jude writes to us in the third verse saying beloved when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Amen. You're going to have to fight for those things that were once delivered unto us. If you're going to keep them fresh in your memory and have recall of them, you're going to have to contend for them. He went on to write, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Certain men crept in unawares. Certain men crept in unawares. Was discussing this passage of scripture a while back with a, a local professor of theology and uh, he made the profound point 
as only the inevitable Milton Ray Brown can make. Amen. We were talking about creeping things. Certain men crept in unawares. And Elder Brown said, uh, Dorian, I want to tell you something. He said, I, I've, and this is so profound, and he's a brilliant man, he's got insights. He said, Dorian, I'm going to tell you, I've never almost stepped on a grizzly bear. But I have almost stepped on a snake. And I have almost stepped on a scorpion. And I have almost stepped on a spider. There are certain things that can creep in. Jude said certain men have crept in. Moving slow, incrementally. Praise God. Their movement is their method. Slowly come in and erode things. Here a little and there a little. Take a little bit of this. Dilute a little of that. The nature of creeping things is that you don't notice until it's too late. You don't notice until the damage has been done. It just creeps in and creeps in and creeps in. Their method is their mask. Their method is their camouflage. They're just creeping in. I just read an article this afternoon. That scientists are alarmed at the glacial erosion in Denali National Park. The Muldrow Glacier is traveling 100 times. 100 times its normal rate of movement. It is racing at a breakneck speed. Racing, racing, racing. It is moving at three quarters of an inch a minute. Stand back, look out. That's moving on. But I want to tell you, creeping things can do a lot of damage. Creeping things can create a lot of erosion. Creeping things can move some valuable, valuable things. I wish you'd preach with me for just a few moments. I'm not going to be long tonight, but I'm telling you, I'm worried about some things that are creeping in, trying to erode our memory. I'm a little nervous about this modern Pentecostalism. Amen. With all of its, and I've begun to use this term, replacement theologies. Replacement theologies. Well, let's entertain the crowd. Make them feel good and get on their feet. Rather than get in the altar. Come on, let's give them logical 
educated explanations for the supernatural. You can't do that. The apostle Paul said, I didn't come with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but I came in demonstration of the spirit and of power. There's no logical explanation for the supernatural. How can you explain to a doctor a miracle of healing? Replacement theologies. Uh, I appreciate, amen, seeing Brother Riley and Brother Newlish and Brother Riggin. They came from a church, amen, where it was real and it was moving. And I remember them talking about, amen, when the elder got the bottle of oil, people would stop all across the auditorium and turn and look, amen, because something was going to happen. You can't put that in a laboratory, amen, and break it down, amen, and explain it. You can't explain a supernatural move of God. How do you explain, amen, to an orthopedic doctor of a man walking in that Colorado Springs church with one leg longer than the other and instantly, 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 you were there when it happened. Amen, they heard about it. He met the man. Amen, he saw the crutch the man carried. How do you explain that? Oh God, certain things are creeping in, creeping in, creeping in. Jude finally said, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this. I'm going to put you in remembrance. Oh God, what am I trying to do here tonight? I'm just trying to provoke our memory. I'm trying to provoke our memory. Amen. I'm so tired, Brother Character, of the sameness, the sameness, the same weekend services. Amen. Where we're just hoping that somebody would run the aisles or shout, sameness is destroying our memory. Creeping things will erode the faith of the saints of God. Jesus asked the question. He asked the question, when the Son of Man cometh, will he find faith on the earth? He didn't say, will I find nice buildings with air conditioners, padded chairs, wonderful PA systems, all kinds of electronic gadgetry. He asked the simple question, when I return, will I find faith? Will I find faith? Will I find faith? Will I find faith? I'm not trying to be ugly and I'm not trying to pick a fight tonight but I wonder how much of our gadgetry amen has replaced genuine faith in God I'm not trying to be ugly tonight but I'm just wondering how much has our reliance on the gadgetry of our world destroyed faith in the church when the son of man cometh will he find faith will he find faith will he find faith will he find faith Second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Scripture says that he dreamed dreams and his sleep break from him. 
He calls the magicians, the astrologers, the sorcerers, the Chaldeans. And he said, I I got a problem. I, I need an interpretation of a dream. And they said, oh, king, no problem. Just tell us what the dream was and we'll tell you the interpretation. And Nebuchadnezzar said, that's the problem. I don't remember the dream. I don't remember the dream. One of the most dangerous things that we could ever forget in the church is the dreams God has given us. For 25 years, this man has labored faithfully. They've seen a move of God in church growth. And I'm sure that there are dreams all over this auditorium. Amen. Can I ask you a question tonight? Do you still remember the dreams? Do you still remember the dreams that God gave to you? To our guests tonight, do you remember the dreams that God gave to you years ago? I fear that Pentecost is losing its dreamers. The dreamers are being replaced, amen, by the intellectuals and by the entertainers. Oh God, dreams have always been a part of Pentecost. Dreams have always been a part of Pentecost. The Bible says that Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set. And he took up the stones of that place and he put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed. And he dreamed. And behold, a ladder was set upon the earth and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest to thee will I give it and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. Thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all the places with thou goest and will bring thee again into this land for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of Jacob dreamed a dream and he wakened out of his sleep and he said surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not and he was afraid and said how dreadful is this place this is none other but the house of God and this is the gate of heaven and Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and he set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it and he called the name of that place Bethel but the name of that city was called Luz at the first and Jacob vowed a vow saying if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace then shall the Lord be my God and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house and of all that thou shalt give me I will surely give the tenth unto thee when the morning sun is risen amen he begins to make his way to Laban's house after many years of toil and trouble the dry deserts 
the inhospitable terrain, it's all taken its toll upon Jacob. The creases in his face are like canyons. The furrows in his brow like chasms. And his heart is full of disappointments. There's been a lot of water under the bridge. But insufficient were these tides to wash away the frustrations that life had brought to Jacob. Jacob is no longer young. The dream is no longer vivid. Its details are blurred and tarnished with time. When he confronts Laban, these words are exchanged. These 20 or these 20 years have I been with thee. Thy ewes and thy she-goats have not cast their young, and the rams of thy flock have I not eaten. That which was torn a beast I brought not unto thee, but I bear the loss of it. And of my hand didst thou require it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. Thus I was in the day the drought consumed me and the frost by night and my sleep departed from my eyes. Thus have I been 20 years in thy house, Laban. I served thee 14 years for thy two daughters and six years for thy cattle. Amen. And thou hast changed my wages 10 times. You can hear the aggravation, the frustration, and the great disappointment in the words of Jacob. Time would not permit me to tell the entire story here tonight, but in 35 and 1 of Genesis God said unto Jacob Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there and make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of thy brother Esau. I've just come to preach a simple little message on this thought. It's time to get a fresh look at an old dream. The years have come and gone, Jacob. Time has taken its toll on you and you forgot the dream when you came out of mommy and daddy's house. You forgot about the ladder. Amen. Where the angels ascended and descended. But Jacob, I'm giving you a fresh look. It's time to go back and get a fresh look a fresh look at an old dream and that's what I've come to preach to this church tonight at this 25th anniversary it's time to take a fresh look a fresh look at an old dream It's been 25 years. God gave you a man after his own heart. A man of doctrine. A man of preaching the word to this church. Amen. There's dreams that started back then 25 years ago. But have time and circumstance. And if you think building a church isn't war, you need to think again. There's all kinds of carnage in 25 years. There's all kinds of heartbreak in 25 years. There's all kinds of disappointment in 25 years. But I want to preach to us. Let's go back. Let's go back to day number one and get a fresh look. Get a fresh look. A fresh look at an old dream.
then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. Let us arise and go up to Bethel and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave to Jacob all the strange gods that were in their hand and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. They had been in Laban's house a long time and they had picked up some things along the way being in Laban's house. It had been a long way from Bethel, a long way from that dream and through the course of time and circumstance they had picked up some things. They had picked up some garments. They had picked up some jewelry. They had picked up some idols. But Jacob, all of a sudden he got to remembering that night that God met with him. We're going back to that place. I'm getting a fresh look at this. And he began to tell them, that's not going to work where we're going. You're not going to be able to look like that where we're going. We've come a long way from the brush arbor meeting and the old lanterns, but have we picked up some things along the way? trying to be ugly. I, I promise you I'm not. I promise you I'm not trying to be ugly tonight. I'm just a little concerned. Amen. That we can spend so much time. Amen. Trying to increase the flocks. Amen. And pat our own pockets like Jacob was. That we don't realize we're picking up some things along the way that we don't need. not trying to be ugly but I remember I remember when we all preached against video I'm, I'm not tr- I'm not trying to be ugly tonight but what are we picking up along the way what are we picking up along the way I want to go back and look at that dream God gave me I want a fresh look Brother Stevens, there's times, there's times I've got to go over to Scottsdale Fashion Square. There's a certain place in the parking lot. Amen. It happened on the 14th day of August, 1998. I arrived there, didn't know anybody. The man I was preaching for was at home. It's before cell phones were popular. And I remember just driving around town. And I remember pulling into that mall parking lot. And I'll never forget the intersection. I will never forget seeing the vehicles when I knew God spoke to me. And he birthed a dream in me. This is your place. This is where I want you. And it took a long time and a lot of circumstance amen, to get me to that place but our church is now within just a stone's throw of that very spot that God spoke to me and brother Epley there's been times when the burden has been heavy there's been times where the disappointment has been great but if I can ever make it to that spot in the parking lot and take another look at where God breathed that burden into my heart and said this is your place this is where I've Oh God, I don't want to pick up anything along the way that would destroy that dream.
some things that crept in. Laban confronts his family over his missing idols. Jacob didn't even know it crept in. He didn't even know it. It just crept in. But he said, we got to get rid of these things. We're going back and getting a fresh look at our dream. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Then the fear of the Lord came upon him. I'm trying to hurry. I'm trying to hurry. Forgive me for being so long-winded tonight. Amen. But the favor of God came. When they dealt with it, they buried it beneath the oak. The fear of God came upon them. Nobody, nobody harassed them. Nobody threatened them. Nobody stood in their way. The favor of God was upon them. 35 and 9. And God appeared unto Jacob again. Again when he came out of Pandanaram and blessed him. And God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee. And kings shall come out of thy loins. He got back to the place where God first spoke to him. He got back to that place where he had that original dream and he got a fresh look at that old dream. We need a fresh look. We need a fresh look. We need a fresh look. I'm telling you, time and circumstance has a way of eroding our memories. That it's not so prominent and it's not as poignant as it was back then. But if we could ever just get a fresh look. If we could ever get just a fresh look. Stand with me tonight, I'm, I'm finished. When his brethren saw Joseph coming... They said, Behold, the dreamer cometh from the pit to Potiphar's house, to the prison, to the palace. Years had come and gone, and the dreams were fading. I wonder how many nights that Joseph laid there on that dank dungeon floor. And in the darkness, he tried the best he could to remember to remember the ears of corn and the cattle of the dreams. Wonder how many nights he stood there trying to get a fresh look. Was that all just made up? Did I just think all of that? He had to have revisited those dreams over and over and over and over again. They would have died so many deaths. But Joseph just kept getting a fresh look. Every disappointment that came, he was indomitable. He just kept getting a fresh look. And there was one day... He stood on the polished marble floors of the palace and he watched ten men file down the middle. Men that looked strangely familiar. 
men whose bearing and gait Joseph recognized. Ten men that came in humility bowed themselves down before him. And the scripture says, and Joseph remembered his dream. I feel like God sent me here tonight to tell this local church and as many others that would hear what happened to your dream. When's the last time you had a fresh look at that dream God gave you? Maybe it was decades ago and time and circumstance and disappointment and agony has attacked over and over and over and over and over. Can I ask you a question? character we go way back can you still remember the dream <laughs> brother Burgess do you still remember can you still remember the dream the Bible tells us in Luke 15 and I'm coming home either what woman having ten pieces of silver if she lose one piece if she lose one piece doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. Those ten pieces represented an endowment. They represented her dream. And a piece of it was missing. A piece of it, Elder Epley, was missing. One piece, one piece of her dream was missing. And she said, I've got to light a candle. Get me a broom. we got to seek till we find this. Can I ask you tonight, are you missing a piece to your dream? Are you missing a piece to your dream? Are you missing it? Come on. Do you need a fresh look? Why don't you grab a candle and light it tonight? Why don't you grab the broom? church and start sweeping come on if I'm preaching to you tonight if God's found where you are would you come to this altar tonight and let's find that missing piece to our dream come on God's talking to somebody if you picked up some things along the way that you need to bury beneath the oak tree come on it's not worth it it's not worth it to carry that. Take me back. Take me back to you, Lord. What about the dreams? Come on, some of you young men. Come on, God's given you a dream. The busyness of life has caused it to fade.
said I had liberty. If you're a member of this local assembly, I'm going to ask, would you just come stand? Stand right around this.